Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you're insurgency me up, man. in their lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. So, I see we have some more horses added to our family. <clears throat> Thanks, Mom. Yeah. You talking about out, out back? Well, so what amazes me is that my that so for all the listeners out there, my mother seems to think that when someone gives us a horse, it's free. Yeah, and in, that's and, my favorite line. And her, yeah, well, it's free. In her mind, she doesn't really. It's not free. Calculate. <laughs> she, she doesn't really calculate the feed, keep. the it's feed, the water, free. the farrier, the hay, <laughs> saddle. You know all the all the because you got she. It's almost like she needs to have new rigging for every single horse. And we, Marks and I, have grown up with this our whole life you know we've had horses she's had horses since she was hey man we lost everything <clears throat> everything dead broke living in a tent and we had them damn horses I-, I can understand that my family there's a lot of you know there's a lot of horse background she is just a horse woman yeah that, she's, she's a horse whisperer for sure and she's been that way since she was mm-hmm. a child a, a child and as her love has always been for horses which i guess more of of forced attrition, you know, because Marcus and I were born into that. So we were like, had a full time job when we were old enough to walk, feeding and water, and you know the deal. You horse family. So I don't have a kinship as well as some do, but it is an, it, you speak in absolutes. When people love horses, they love horses. Yeah, they will turn it into their lives. Yeah. It's what they talk about. It, it, it's something that defines them. I, I don't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's the animal connection, maybe. Uh, well, well, it? it's always been a fascination with horses. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, and the animal connection, <clears throat> connection because we people love dogs, cats, horses. Man, they're so intelligent. I, mean, I guess I look at it like that. Yeah, I love I love my dog Gus. Like my mother loves her horses. Yeah. yeah anytime I start to think, I'm like, hey, you know, this horse, ma, ma, come on. I'm like, well, you know, I got rigs. I, I know what it is to love love something like that. So, right. Our next, so our so our guest today is Amberly Schneider who at a very young age of three got her first horse and started riding and reading through her bio and, and, and studying on her story. She's much like our mother who absolutely her world revolves around these horses. But right. in 2000 and January 10th, 2010, she was involved in a near fatal accident where she lost the, the use of her legs. Right. Due Paralyzed, her, confined to a uh, yeah, wheelchair. T- T12 yeah. injury, which I actually, Marks and I actually know something about, believe it or not. I, right, crazy, crazy coincidence. <clears throat> crazy coincidence. I had a, I broke six vertebrae in my back, one of them being the T12, and 
bruise my spinal cord at the, and actually called it, believe it or not, they call it the horse's tail, the very bottom of the, of the spinal cord, hmm. kind of relative to the. That was in, that was in that helo. That in was a in helicopter that, crash. That, yeah. Trade at the training accident. Training right? accident off the coast of Virginia. Uh-huh. Um, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Great day at work. Me too. I remember that. I was in physical therapy getting my back fixed when he got in that crash. Remember that? I came over from Exos. I remember, hmm. I remember laying on the deck of the ship when I came to finally, and and my OIC was like, "Hey, how do I get in touch with your brother? And is there a special code that you guys?" He asked me that. I don't know how I remember that, but I remember that. And I was like, "Yeah." So I gave him the I gave him the code, the brevity code, or the hmm. the bona fides, right. and got in touch with him. Dude, I, I was three in the morning. I sat up real fast. I was like, "What's wrong with my brother? What's wrong with my brother?" Like, He's all right, and I hung up the phone. <laughs> and I called this guy's name John Bartis, man. Probably one of the most special men I've ever been fortunate enough to meet after the teams. And I was like, John, my brother's been in a helicopter crash. I need to get to Virginia. And he sent his plane for me that night, right then. That's awesome. By the time I left my house to get to the airport, it was sitting there waiting on me. We were full burn the whole way. I come down, I come bust through the hospital. I was like, where's he at? And they're like, he's down in uh, CAT scan, right? Yeah, something. MRI or something. He was, I come down in there, man. He's got the hiccups real bad. He was fine. I had hiccups too. Anyways, he's sitting over in this oh, table. That'd be, that would be rough constantly. That, oh, bro. That, bro, that bro, pull, bro. Right? bro. That, you've had broken ribs, right? Yeah. And hiccups. I mean, cough, yeah. farts, oh, whatever yeah. it is, wrong ways, pull up your zipper. I can't imagine. And so I was already, you know, he was in pain. I, as soon as he goes into pain, you know, I zone out, right? And I'm like, what do you, I couldn't put him in there while he had the hiccups because he kept moving around. I understand that, but for whatever reason, I turned around, dude, and the first person in my crosshairs was that, that tech. <laughs> and, man, he was just sitting at the computer. He couldn't do anything, right? But instead of sitting there looking at scans or doing something, he was doing what he normally should be doing, I guess. Hey, brother, if you're out there, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> about flipping out on you like that, man. And security showed up. I can't imagine. Oh, man. Oh, uh, we this is the adventure, man. We snuck you out of the hospital early, right? Dressed great, up in a great dressed idea. up in uh, doctor's coats. He's ready. And we took him home, man, and then the next day we had him back. I <laughs> was back the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just wanted to get out of the hospital and see his boy. I mean, uh, a lot of guys got busted up. We, just you know, be able to say you, that, you, you snuck out of the hospital. Yeah. Great, yeah, idea. great idea. Yeah. Immediately back back in there. So my injuries um with that T twelve area caused paralysis in my legs and i actually have a stimulator implanted in me right now that goes into my sacral nerves that helps me because i destroyed everything from the waist down i actually landed in a seated position i didn't know that yeah so i landed in a seated position and i broke ended up doing compression fractures of six six vertebrae but the shearing effect at the t12 that touched that part of the spinal cord caused all that and lucky for me i got it back you know i'm great you know doing a 100k run that's amazing right but unfortunately for our the young lady that were talking with today mm-hmm. um her t12 injury um called stretching of the spinal cord mm-hmm. and that caused total paralysis from 2010 to till now but, the but it wasn't said, severed it wasn't no, severed, it wasn't, severed so. it wasn't bruised it was stretched so the beauty part about it is after reading some of um some of her some of doing some research on her she's starting to, to regain feeling and it started slowly down through her, her lower back into her buttocks into her her her, right. her thighs and her hamstrings well mm-hmm. what's happening is Nerves tend to regenerate about one millimeter a day, uh, three centimeters a year, give or take, yeah. depending on the severity, right? And with modern science, with modern science and where they're going, and just the, what we're finding out about the body and how the nerves work, I have no doubt. You know, she's going to be back 
out of that. She'll be out of that chair. It may take another decade, but yeah, I, I don't think she uh, she expects to be talking to someone of of your caliber as far as your education. And you're quite nearly a doctor of neuroscience now. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm working on it. I think she's going to be surprised to find that out. I just know about the horses. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Freedom, hey, <laughs> right. So, I'm excited. No, I'm excited about yeah. touching, touching on, doing touch points with that. Okay, so, 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 Mr. Schneider, Amberly Schneider was in January 10th, 2010, involved in a, a near fatal rollover accident while she was on her way to Colorado from her home state of Utah. And as chance would have it, she pulls into a gas station after driving for for ten hours, something crazy like that. Six hours, ten hours, mm-hmm. six, yeah, some. Gets back in her truck, starts going down the road again, didn't put her seatbelt back on, ejected from her car when the rollover happened, spinal injury. Yeah, she got she got in one of those, one of those accidents. I think she went partly off the highway or whatever. She'll probably tell us some details yeah. on that. But um, lost control, rolled, was ejected. I believe she was. Uh, she didn't go out during this. I, I think she was, was awake, uh, lucid the entire really? time. Really? That's what I read. So I, I guess we'll find out about that. That's too, intense. Because um, it couldn't have felt good being ejected from a rolling vehicle. I, I don't God really dang, know. I was at XL a couple years back, and this, there was a ranger in there going through the program, man, and he, he got thrown out of the, the window on a 47, and he had his monkey's tail. Uh-huh. Still, he was strapped in, and it went, threw him out, man. That thing grabbed and snapped his back right right at that. He didn't lose consciousness either. He oh, just jumped oh, and tell this story, man. man. It was insane. He said, I, my arm got stuck above my head, and he goes, I look up, man, there's a dude walking around on fire. It's in the snow, obviously. But it's something. The scariest thing, or the most intimidating thing, is, is when metal decides to die, right? When the helicopter's blades start spinning, when a ship breaks apart in the, that, that yeah. eerie kind of... Of course, talking to you. Yeah, when she's starting to wail at you. Huh. He said, I learned that from him. Huh. And he talked about that. He goes, man, when it stops, it stops. I've had that thought before. When you're clipped in like that, what would happen? It's just like it is on TV. Take a fall. They do a great job. Because <clears throat> I remember looking at the helicopter before we crashed. I was like, wow, we're really close to this ship. The <laughs> second I said that, do you hear that metal on metal, clank, clank, all these. It's like somebody threw us in a blender. Well, let's, explain, they, let's explain real quick what happened. I mean, in the story here. So we were doing a training it. exercise yeah. <clears throat> off the coast of Virginia, fast roping on an underway vessel. And we were in midship. Our job daytime, was, nighttime. It was nighttime, nighttime. <clears throat> We'd done daytime iterations, so we were good. We were flying with a 160th, too, so we are really no worries. I mean, 160th soar is absolutely... The most amazing part about that. Right, there, and exactly. The, the rest of the story That's why we never happened. had anything, any any concerns whatsoever. No. Because for you guys don't go out there that don't know what the 160 soars, they're, 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 they're the helicopter pilot elite. Truly some, like... So I remember a, doing a, some inserts onto Target. And they, they would they ninjas. would agree to things that you would not get other pilots to agree to. Or SF pilots. Putting you in place. Yeah, there's, 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 special, there's a special forces community of the aviation yeah, those guys world. Are incredible. So we're taking down, we're on midship. It turns out we were on station for quite some time. It was over two minutes, which is, you know, two minutes too long. And the ship was underway with high winds and we were crabbing along with it. Mm. And the pilot was trying to get the rope on station on our on our drop point. And was having trouble doing it. Well, finally got where we needed to be, and we started putting putting guys out the rope. We got one on the deck, one on the rope, one hanging on the rope, and then me and the bird. And as I'm sliding, I was the last one to go out because I'm the officer. Nobody likes officers to be anywhere close to the front. (laughs) (laughs) 
Rocks are rare with gear. That's yeah. not really why. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's what they told. That's what they told me. So as I'm moving to the rope, and my buddies are sitting in front of me, I look out and I see the bio, the static electrical glow, the blue hue from the rotor rate from the rotary uh-huh. blades. And you, in the distance between the ship stacks uh, and yeah. the blades, you can't see it. You can't see the separation. And I remember actually the saying, I don't know if I said it out louder to myself, I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> like, man, this guy's good. <laughs> clank, 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 clank. And it, just like on TV, uh-huh. that you hear, it's just metal on metal. And then it was like somebody threw us in a blender. And then all these bells and whistles start going off. And then the next thing I do is I feel... Everything shatter inside me because I landed in a seated position, B- full kit, body armor to the nines, wow. radios, ammo. We're geared, we're G'd up, going to take this boat down. And um, then the helicopter blew up, and I, I, at the, I actually kind of blacked out. I don't really remember. They found me two. They found me two decks down. They actually blew me out of the helicopter, and I fell down. So <clears throat> killed one, injured everyone else. Yeah, the crew chief. Uh, crew chief. Um, he didn't make it. He didn't make it, unfortunately. But there, a boom had shot through the window and trapped him in there. And then after it caught on fire, God. The uh, we had one guy. Um, believe it or not, the the RSO that was running the evolution went in into the fire and was pulling guys out of that thing and s- severe burns to his face and body. Andy Sharman was his name. You're out there listening. I love you. Thank you so much. Yeah, right. And he, yeah, uh, he drug JB out. My chief was on. My chief was standing underneath the, the helo when it came down, and as it was falling, the tail rotor, the tail hit the ship, snapped in half just enough. When it came slamming down, it scraped the front of his body armor and pinned him against the, sh- the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Epic, right? That's a chief. That's, that's a chief. That's for even you. better than the bullet hole through the helmet. Like, yeah. whoa! That all you got? Yeah. We had, and the one that was on the rope, uh, he he had, he was on he, he held on for the ride. And where was, where was Mister in this? Uh, I actually landed on him. So he was still in the heel. He was still in the heel. He was the one on the rope. He was the one sitting with his legs hanging out on the rope. So when it flipped us up, right? I remember him telling me his on the legs side. were outside. Yeah, and, mm. when we crashed down, uh, he ended up separating his hip from his body. His femur broke. Went up into his cavity. Yeah, that poor kid. Yeah, Tough he, bastard, though. God almighty. So, quiet, unassuming dude. Yeah, he went a little little guy, too, man, but Tough. just just an animal. Yeah. So they they couldn't find me, so they thought that I was overboard. And the, the officer's mess eat some cake. Yeah, so the... That <laughs> <laughs> I just... Took a leisurely stroll. So the, I'm out of here. Yeah, the, um, dangerous. You went to add that bullet point to your resume. Yeah. So the boat where team. Did he go? Yeah, the boat hey, team. Were you drawing, drawing up the after action PowerPoint? <laughs> I, was, I was writing. I was putting people in for awards. <laughs> so the boat. So the boat team starts circling because they, they were down a man, and they. The, so the BAF was out there trying to find. And we, let me tell you something about. There was no immediate action drills to be had. It was such a violent act. Like I wasn't reaching for water wings. <laughs> None of that. You know. You know. In the helo brief, before you go up, they're like, "Hey, look, if we cr-, they said this to us, like, if we crash, somebody crawl up to the front of the helicopter and push this push, lever. Push the lever down. You, remember, you guys remember shut, that? Shut the fuel off. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, shut everything off. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I didn't know which way my ass was, uh, and there wasn't oh, no God. damn sure wasn't no crawling up there shutting that helo off. 
God dang, man. You seen that 47 go off the side of that boat? Yes. Those Marines come and out it's, of hell? It's going down deep and in a hurry. <clears throat> I mean, there ain't... We, we wear them things on there. <laughs> oh, my God. It's violent. I ran across that, that pilot at Exos. I told him more than that. He was there again. He crashed another bird. Yeah. Well, he told me that while we were sitting at lunch. Like, Colin Moore's like, oh, you should have told me <laughs> I that. How do you respond to that? I, I don't know. Um, should have Eat some punch. jello. Yeah. Anyways, well, what we have to offer here is some similarities uh, to our next guest. Yeah. So we can. From the horse and business to the back. sort of relate. Back business, and she's. I'm interested, and I'm so Morgan interested in hearing hearing her story, man, because her her back injuries, everything. Yeah, I mean, a, a truly accomplished young lady, even with the adversity she's faced. Graduated with a bachelor's degree in agricultural education, and is now working on her master's degree, but is a motivational speaker. Yeah, I think the thing that we didn't touch on quite yet was just how involved she was in rodeo. All right, and that's really become part well, of what's yeah, so wanna, amazing is yeah, she has hear, hear returned part, to it. That part of it because of. I mean, to get back into the sport that ah, you came out, especially barrel racer. Yeah, right, knowing, yeah. yeah, knowing what we know about horsemanship and how the communication between the rider and the animal is through the, oh, the lower body. How critical, yeah. Which right. she doesn't have a feeling anymore. So how, exactly. does, how, how do you get that done? Yeah, prior to the uh, prior to the accident, she was, let's see, she had won the... World champion. National Little, I guess it's kind of like a junior rodeo, Little Britches Rodeo Association all-around cowgirl world championship. She'd done that. Uh, she was the president of Future Farmers of America for the state of Utah. Um, she got in that accident. Eventually, she comes back, uh, learns to ride again, learns to train her horses, learns to love it again, and is truly competitive. Um, she just earned her yeah, pro not card. Not just riding. Just earned her pro card. Yeah, not just going out to ride, winning. Yeah, she didn't just take it around the pasture. She's out there racing. I'm interested in hearing the in-between. Right. So, Got to be some demons somewhere. We're gonna find out. I think we all face yep, them. Absolutely. Do it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk to her. Let's bring her on the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the TNQ podcast. I'm Marcus Luttrell. I got my brother with me riding shotgun. Hello. Behind the camera, we got the wizard. Yes, sir. Today's guest is, uh, well, she's rather amazing, and we, we've been excited to get her on here and, and, uh, and for you guys to meet her and hear about her stories. So, without any further ado, Amberly, you there? Amberly Schneider. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. Oh, hey, thanks for coming on. Seriously, I mean, uh, we, we, we've we been anticipating this one for a while. And I think what you've done in your life and, and, and what you've accomplished and the goals you set for yourself, man, they could reach out to a lot of people. So, you're, you're never all quit, inspiring. Yeah, you're never quit. Story so. is important Thank to you us. for being you. Oh, well, thank you. So what we like to do is start out with the Mad Minute, young lady. So we're going to, Marcus and I are going to, and the wizard might get in on this too, we're going to bombard you with some random questions and they can, they're going to be funny. Some of them are going to be funny. You don't have, if you don't want to answer them, remember you don't have to answer them. It's nothing bad, but sometimes they can be pretty silly. So if you want to say pass, just say pass. Otherwise, go in and give some details. And again, we do this just to get the juices flowing and kind of lay the groundwork for your moving into the serious, your never quit story, which is usually, you know, it gets the tears rolling on a lot of people, and sometimes and we want to make everybody. We want to start everybody happy, and then take them down into the gutter, and then bring them back up. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, we'll just take them through an emotional roller coaster. Full roller coaster ride. Yeah, full, full roller, roller coaster, coaster ride of emotion here. All right, All right. Bro, you want to kick it off? Yep. All right, favorite superhero, Amberly. 
Batman. Boom. Nice. We were just talking about that. Today. That went in the holster, dude. What you know? is your favorite? I know you guys have Spider Man behind you, though. Is that well, like see, an insult to well, say? No, because Marcus is Spider Man. We can talk about it the whole show if you want. Or is, or is Arrow? Is Arrow a superhero? Because I recently like Arrow. Are you, you going with Arrow? All right, we're at Arrow. Yeah, I'm Captain America. I'm Wizard, Captain what's your favorite superhero? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Doctor Strange. Perfect for you. That is that. Yeah. Because you're just a voice. Doctor Strange is awesome. All right, my turn. What's your favorite Western movie? Oh man, probably Lonesome Dove. Yes, <laughs> I love you. That is the greatest western. Yeah. I think it's the greatest movie ever made. Arguably, now from here forward, you can do no wrong. You can do no On wrong. You're amazing, it's Lonesome official. Dove. Absolutely the right answer. It is good. All right, first car. It's amazing. My first car was an F F one fifty blue uh, F one fifty. Boom! How much money did we win, Wizard? And I thought for sure you were going to say a horse. I knew it was going to be a truck, but I thought for sure she was going to go with the we horse. We were taking bets on that. Yeah, we had a bet. That Dang, I didn't think it that literally. I mean, I oh. just, first vehicle. This is a mad minute, okay? I'm supposed to like think of the first Absolutely. thing coming into my rapid brain. Hey, 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 that's what it's all about. All right, so rapid fire this one. Who would win in a fight, a one-foot-tall gorilla or a domestic house cat? The gorilla is going to win. Gorillas are so mean. But he's only a foot tall. Yeah. Hey, have you ever seen how a small dog get in a fight with a big dog? They don't know that they're small, right? No, I still feel like the gorilla is dang mean. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's the beauty about being an animal. I don't have any concept of that. All right, I always, I always like to ask this question. Give me, a, give me one of your, your bucket list items that you, that you haven't accomplished yet that, you, that you're going to go get done. Um, I have, I actually have a lot of bucket list items, but one of them that I haven't done is, uh, watch tires be made. I think that would be kind of fun. I know that's super random, that is but it's on there. Awesomely random. Watching tires be made. I, I think I've seen, there's a, what's that show? Did American you watch Marvel's like a documentary on like that or head something? Head on up to the Goodyear factory and there you go. talking about here. Yeah. I saw a guy in an arm wrestling documentary who made tractor tires and his hand, he was like, this is how my hands are so strong. Really? That's a good one, Amber. Yeah, I, like. I don't. I I kind of want to do that. That one's gonna be fun. I think. That's good, awesome. Good right, call. Like you ready? Favorite movie character you like to play out in real life? Oh, goodness, I don't. Who do I play out in real life? If I was to pretend to be anybody, it would probably be Katniss Everdeen because she's kind of cool. You got this whole bow and arrow thing going on right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to hunt. Do you bow I hunt? do. I love oh, okay. to hunt. That makes a lot of sense since she's bow hunter. Oh, uh, like, all right, man. Okay. Yeah, on, yeah. On my bucket list, I guess, is like, like one, I just want one animal of everything that's pretty, and then I would be good. On your wall or in a zoo? Like on a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Like yes! On a wall. On a wall. <laughs> all right. All right if you were president for a day. No, I want to. I got to send it. Uh, if you were president for a day, just one day, what would you do? What would you do with it? We'll assume you unlimited, you know, executive powers. If I was president for one day, truly uh, really the whole day would be dedicated towards veterans. And a the girl. whole day would be dedicated towards veterans because I don't feel like we spend enough time there. So I don't know exactly what I would do within that day, but that day would be dedicated. That's oh. a great answer. I said run down the hallway naked. It is a good. It's, it's kind of a loaded question, though, because you can't answer. do anything in politics in one day. I think it's... it's no, you, not really. You know huh? what I mean? So once you get in there and you see that ain't going to happen, then you can just say, you know what? Well, then let's get this done. Right? Right. Right. Have one day, yeah. I'm going to go have some fun because I'm the president. Why not? All right. 
I guess you could, but gosh, if you're going to be president, don't just do fun things like that. Do something for somebody else, right? Isn't that, I mean, if you have the power to change somebody else's life in one day, oh, you oh that's different. That. That, that's different. That's, that, I mean, the, that's totally different. You know, I was just thinking in the political realm. I think was, yeah, that was a very no, no literal, realistic yeah. view of, yeah. of the answer to that question. The fact that you can't, uh, you don't be, have I'm unlimited executive powers. It's checked by the other branches, correct? <laughs> right, right. You should I say mean, the king yeah, for a day. That'd be good, a different story. Good question. <laughs> that's a mad minute. Great job. Um, that's the beautiful part about it, man. Everybody's answers are so good and obscure. Sometimes you just put them on the point. But yeah, taking uh, care of veterans and the tire shop yeah. thing. That was. Good job. Brilliance. You know, your abstract processing of thoughts is amazing. Most people are really kind of singular in their right efforts. I like it. Good job. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. What we do on here is bring amazing people, man, and we and we plug them into the people here around the world who are struggling from something or, or maybe they're not struggling from anything at all. Maybe their life is great. And they're just looking for a different type of motivation. So we uh we find those people and we bring them out here and you're one of them so if if you could if it takes time is just tell us a little bit about your greatest never quit story so i would say that you know i've rodeoed my whole life and i've been raised in a amazing family i guess we should start there i was raised in an amazing family that had a christian background and uh my dad was a major league baseball player so he knew you know what it took to be great you know he knew the hard work and the dedication that it took and then my mom is an excellent support system and cheerleader in any aspect. So to be raised just at the start with that, mm-hmm. um, at the age of three, I was able to start riding horses. And by the age of seven, I started competing in rodeo and loved it, loved every minute of it, competed through the junior levels, high school levels. And uh, by the time I was 18, I was a world all around champion at the National Little Bridges Rodeo Association, which was so great. Wow. And then that was, that was the year that, you know, I felt like I was on top of the mountain. Everything was awesome. And in January of 2010, I was involved in a rollover car accident where I was ejected and hit a fence post and broke my back. Um, you know, at that moment, the doctor said that the chances of me walking were slim to none, but more to the none. And the chances of me ever competing in rodeo were, it was impossible. That wasn't going to happen. Doctors know nothing. So... No, you know, they, uh, and I get where they're coming from, you know, they've got to, they've got to say what they've got to say to cover themselves. But at the same point, we get to decide what we're capable of. And I feel like regardless of Mm -hmm. what they say, that's up to us. So I had a saddle brought into therapy to, uh, I told them my balance was better there than anywhere else. You know, I was starting life now in a wheelchair with T12 paralysis and had to relearn how to handle life that way. So first time I got on a horse was four months after my accident. I didn't even have the turtle shell off. You know, that was just finally when I convinced doctors and my mother I was getting back on. So I started riding. Turtle turtle shell. Uh, Turtle shell. Turtle shell is a body cast. I actually, I've worn, Mark's and I both have been in one. Mark's and I both have been in one. Awesome. It's horrible. Which they're like a personal microwave is what I think that they are. I always had to wear a shirt under my, it's a, it's so wizard what it is. It's a, it's a, a composite cast Miserable, it's huh? from your top of your chest all the way down to your waistline huh. and it has velcro size you can only take it off if you're laying we can only take ours off when we were laying down and i don't know if you were the same way but you wear it 24 yep. 7 huh. and it creates stability yep. in in your spine until yeah you know. okay that makes sense mm. anyway, yeah ahead, our, mine was anything if i was sitting up any more than 30 degrees 30 i had degrees. to have that on boom same thing yeah 
God, it's horrible. All right. Sorry, Darren. Yeah. Go ahead. No. So then, uh, so I still had that on, but, uh, to ride, which I just, I didn't care, you know, I wanted to get back on. And so I rode and it took me, which the part that is kind of the, I don't know, I guess maybe I don't tell everybody the part I'm getting better about being open to the fact that we all do have down moments. So I rode through from April till until August. And then in August I got frustrated and I stopped. Um, I told my mom to sell my horses, which mothers know best. And she didn't, but I went to school without them and I didn't ride again until that next spring. Tell, tell us if you don't, if you don't mind, can you kind of go in? Cause our listeners are going to want to know all right, what, what, what happened? So I was on a ride with my mom and my little sister in August and I, you know, at this point I'd figured out a lot of the pieces of my saddle. So I have a seatbelt on my saddle. I have Velcro straps around my legs. My feet are rubber banded in. Um, I have a nylon strap across my left hip and then I have a, a seat. It's called a Rojo seat that I sit on on my saddle. So I figured out all these pieces through the summer, but you know, my balance still wasn't off. I mean, on the back of my horses, that was, that was the happy place for me. That was the best place in the world was on the back of my horse. Um, and mm. when I got back on that first time, I honestly was devastated because I felt like every part of my life had changed. The way people looked at me, the way people treated me, the way I had to move, the way everything happened, everything was different. And I thought, if I get back on my horse, that won't change, which of course mm. it did. And so up to I that point, that's what that. was, you were really pinning your your hopes on for the future, right? Up to that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. It'll be all, everything will be fine once I get back to this point. And then the realization, I remember reading, you had written, uh, said about this in another interview, mm-hmm. that this was yeah. a devastating, you know, that actual first time you got back on, on a horse. It was like, it hit me that, you know what, Amberly, everything is different. Like, I'm sorry, but your entire life you've lived for 18 years. I guess I turned 19 in the hospital. So 19 years of your life is a, uh, is gone. So start over, figure it out. Your new norm. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I tried. So I rode through that summer and in August I was on a ride with my mom and my little sister and her horse started acting up, which is normally my job to fix. And this day I realized I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get off my horse anymore and get on the horse that was being naughty or hard or what anything. I I couldn't do that anymore. And Mm. I don't know, it like struck this nerve in me that I, Honestly, I didn't even know that it was exposed. I didn't even know that it was there to be hurt. And I went home that day and I got off my horse and I told my mom, I said, sell him. What'd she say? I said, I can't train. (laughs) She looked at me like, what happened between here and that ride? I don't understand what changed. And I told her, I said, if I can't train these horses like I did before, it's not worth having them. Well, I mean, Um, here's the deal. the whole time you're talking about that, you ever seen that movie Avatar, right? When those guys, when they get on their animals and they connect, right? Their, th- that part of it. Yeah, that's yeah, anybody sure. who rides yeah. a horse, like our mothers this way, when they tell themselves they had that special bond with a horse. And when, as soon as you get onto that back of that animal, you connect, right? That really does happen. I mean, not, not with the yeah. tail of the hair, but I mean, you physically connect with that animal. And the part of that that does that are our legs, the grip you have in between. The, the direction the horse is going to go, how you're feeling and how the horse is feeling, man. And I, if you take that, I mean, you, you've been separated. That part that connected you to the animal has been separated and not knowing that, I mean, I, I mean, how could you really? So uh, sure. The first yeah. place to find that out on the back of the one thing that gave you complete and other happiness. I mean, devastating. It was. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that was hard for me. So I, I don't know. And it, I'm so stinking stubborn that it was like, when I told her that there was a part of me inside saying, really, what are you saying? What are you doing? What are you saying? That? Why are you saying that? You know, you know, you don't really mean that, but I'm stubborn enough that I said, no, I'm sticking to it. I knew my mom wouldn't really sell them. So I thought it was pretty <laughs> safe on that. But I, I left them for nine months. For nine months, my horses stood at my parents' house and I didn't even go see them. Mm. Um, you know, I would drive home on the weekends and, and where my window is at my parents' house is I look right out it, outside of it and my horses are there and I'd see them. And, but I wouldn't go out there. I didn't care what anybody said. That wasn't happening. Mm. Um, and it, it was actually a crazy story. And I get to tell it when I'm speaking because it, it, requires, it, don't, it really requires a picture to know how cool the story is. I actually went on a hunting trip. And that was what changed my whole perspective and made me decide that I was going to go get back on. How's that? I feel like I have to be able to, do you want to know the story? Yeah, of course. Okay. So, uh, I get invited on this hunt and I have never gone hunting before. Keep this in mind. My family is not a hunting family, but I get invited to fill a muley buck tag down in the Mm -hmm. corner of Utah. Awesome. So we go down there and I can shoot from within a truck. And then there was this alfalfa field they had lined up and these deer would drop into this field every night. So 5.30, first night, deer starts dropping into this field. couple does, couple spikes, couple two points. Six o'clock, there's this really nice wide three points. So for a muley, this is pretty decent, especially for your first hunt. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to take that guy home. And uh, the guy that was with me, he told me, no. He said, we'll get you something better. So I tell him, okay, that's fine. You know, I trust him. We go to bed. We wake up the next morning. We start looking. And uh, this is my first hunting trip. So we find nothing that whole like whole next day. We don't see even a squirrel out there. I'm getting frustrated. I'm realizing hunting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we'll get something I'm better. realizing that hunting is one of the most boring things you can do in your whole life. Yeah. They should call it waiting. And yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> so I told waiting, myself, okay, we're going to go. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> we're going to go back to that field that night. That three points coming back. I don't care what these guys tell me. Like I'm shooting him. So next night, 5.30, nothing, not nothing has showed up. Six o'clock, there's one doe, one spike, that's it. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to survive another day of this and decide to take matters into my own hands. So there are three guys in this truck. I have two guides on my left and my little brother Taylor is behind me. And I decided I'm going to say a prayer. And the reason I decided I was going to say this prayer is I felt like God had given me this talent and this love and this writing, you know, for writing and competing, this passion that I had had my whole life. And then I go through this car accident and everything has changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying every night, you know, of course I'm praying for my legs, but I'm mostly praying for just let me get back on my horses like it was before. It's not happening. I'm frustrated. I feel like you must not be listening. So I decided to say this prayer. I don't tell anybody in the truck about it, but this prayer goes, all right, God, if you hear me, and you love me, send me a buck. Amen. So I'm not really sure what to expect in this moment, but uh, less than 10 minutes later walks out this massive four points, biggest buck we've seen the whole time we've been there. Wow. And he walks out 250 yards away, turns broadside, holds perfectly still. These guys in the truck are freaking out. I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, there is my buck. But he's kind of far away. The second I think that, he puts his head in the air, comes another 20 yards, turns broadside. (laughs) 
I'm like, okay, okay, that's better. This is my first time shooting big gun though. I'm nervous. I need you to come closer. He's like, all right, fine. Comes in another 30 yards, turns broadside. <laughs> the boys in this truck are freaking out. They've never seen this happen before. And I'm sitting there going, okay, okay. I need you to come a little bit closer. <laughs> that deer puts his head in the air, continues to come in until he's 100 yards away from me, turns broadside, holds perfectly still. This never happens. So, yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Right. Uh, but this yeah. happens on my first hunting trip. So I shoot that buck um, and he drops. And now I have him. He's hanging on the wall, on my mom's wall. And gosh, every time I look at that buck, you know, I'm reminded how much God loves me because he didn't send out just a buck. You know, he sent out the buck. Uh-huh. And, and then it, it reminds me that I'm like, okay, you know what? Like we all have situations in our lives that are not great. We're all going to have them. And maybe we don't understand why, but if we, you know, continue to hang in there that something good's going to come out of them. Mm. So it was like, after I had that, it, it hit me that, okay, you know what? It's not happening the way that I want to, but it doesn't mean I can't still love what I do. So I got back on that next spring and it was kind of the way I'd wanted it to feel the whole time. You know, that way of, I, I don't know, even know how to explain it, but like that coming home feeling, I guess is the only way you can say it. You there know, you that, are. yeah. That happiness feeling. And so I got on that horse and it was like, oh my gosh, I'm never leaving this ever again. So, so this was just like, I, it sounds I, uh, like you just had a different perspective. I mean, what yeah, was the, you know, the difference other than just a yeah, mental... Uh, I think I think that I just had to adapt to the wheelchair first. I had to adapt to my life in a different situation. You know, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of it. I had to just learn how to live life first like this. Yeah, if you had to reset to your new normal. That's- I, I, you know, I hear people, a lot of people, they, when they get hurt, they get injured, they pray to God to take that away. And when it doesn't happen, they think he's not listening. But sometimes we're put in situations that, that are there for a reason to set us on a path that we normally wouldn't have gone down. Mm. So look at the person right. that, and the people that you motivate and everything that you do now. I mean, that's... It's kind of one of those little miracles. And I, I mean, some people wouldn't look at it that way, but I was, you had your ass handed to you enough times. You start to look at everything in a positive light, right? Otherwise you'll be down the whole time. Right. <laughs> yeah. You figure, you figure out how to, how to look at those challenges as a way to grow from them, I guess, even though if they really suck at the moment. Yeah, they're terrible. And it's because you're going through it alone. And everybody who was in your normal life right before that moment is still traveling down the same lane. And they have to make course corrections too and and you said you had that stable family man that is just huge yeah thank you i mean that that's the best word for that and you don't have that back and backing you up then then it's it's tough enough as it is and there's people that don't there's people that don't have i mean they get busted down they find them they wake up alone in that hospital and right. then you then you're reaching real deep i think a chad fleming and his yeah. story yeah exactly right. chad thank you good pull wizard chad but that connection you have with those animals, I imagine it's stronger now because they probably picked up on the fact that you, the, the way you were, when you were on t- riding them last is, is different, but your spirit is still the same. Yeah. Let's get and back I, to that. So, so back on the horse. Yeah. Well, my horses knew the difference. Like my horse is huge, right? If anybody who knows horses, he's 16, three, nearly 17 hands. Like, he's a pretty, big horse. Good. And wow. the very first time we caught him out of the field, he walked behind me the whole way to the trailer. Cause of course I wanted to lead him to the trailer and he put his head in my lap for me to bridle him. Like he knew, like he, he knew something That's was awesome. different and he was, you know, it was different, but he was okay with it. 
you know, he was going to make it work. I was just telling you, like, hey, so look, I I, I've been on. waiting. I've yeah. been waiting for yeah, you. Yeah, I got back on him, and I thought, okay, I'm getting back into rodeo. I'm not just going to ride. It's not just what I want to do. I want to compete and be good at it. So it ended up being an 18. It was 18 months after my accident, the very first barrel run I made. And I was one second off of what I had been before. Really? Tell, tell us that story. Tell us that story because initially, um, I think you you got up without the intention of of really pulling out all the stops and, and going after. Yeah, eighteen right? months. That's at the at that exhibition event. Was it? That yep, yep. So it was an exhibition. The first yeah, one that, that I did. Tell us that story. It's, it's a good story. So we, you know, we loaded up. We went up with the idea of I'm, I wasn't going to enter. I was just going to do a time only. So you pay, and they just they give you a time, and you get to go through the pattern just like everybody else. But it just isn't for the money that day. Um, so I go up there and I, I put two in because you can do as many as you want. So I go through the first one and I just kind of slow loping through. So not real fast. And everyone is crying and cheering and freaking out, right? Like they're all so excited for that just happened. And I came out and I mm -hmm. said, wait guys, that's not it. Like I'm going to go faster <laughs> than that. I'm not just going to lope. And I turned around and I sent him through. And when they announced my time to be one second off of what I had been before, I mean, that was just, I thought, you know what? I can do this. Like, I can do this for real. That was one second off your world championship time, right? Her best time ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's one second. Yeah, the one second off of, yeah, of what I had been before. So that was... No big deal. Really cool to know that. <laughs> yeah, talk about some confidence building uh, validation. Right yeah, there, so right? what, basically what happened is you re retired for 18 months and jumped right back into that. That's, that's amazing. Keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, no, so that was it. So then I started entering, you know, from there. It's entering rodeos and competing and doing what I could do. So um, the first big girl race I entered, I won, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars out. It wasn't a big deal, but won a little bit, made some money, placed. I wasn't in the top. So the, the way barrel races work is there's different divisions, and I wasn't in the 1D division, which is the top division. I was a half second off, so I was in the 2D division. But made money that weekend in that division, which was great and a good start. Awesome. And I don't know. I mean, from awesome. there, I guess you can fast forward to where I'm at now. Um, so this is, you know, I'm seven years out and I've earned my pro card so I can compete professionally now. I, uh, I competed in a million dollar rodeo called the American that's down in AT&T Stadium every hmm. spring. Oh, um, I, li I live in Dallas. Awesome. I'm coming next year. This yeah. year. Is it this year? So I competed well, I already did it. Hopefully, I'll qualify again this year. You will. Well, I'll keep working at it. You will. So, and it qualified for that and ran in that, which was awesome. I ran two tenths off of the reigning world champion that year. So, that was kind of exciting wow. to be that close to the person who'd won the world. Um, you know, I've, I now can train again. I have the horse that I run now. His name is Legacy. I call him Legs for short. Because I figure every time I leave my wheelchair to the trailer, that's what he becomes Boom. for yeah. me. Strapping yeah. him on. <laughs> well, yep. Let's go for the Titanic. Yep. Titanium in the metal, baby. Here I'm comes, throwing four on. Everly yeah. on legs. Let's get, yep. let's get some. So that's so that's what I have now with his, with legs. my legs, and we get to compete with with the best of the best when we go out there and and we've won. You know, we've not only competed, but we've beat the best of the best, and that part is. I think even better. I didn't want to just compete. I didn't want to just go there and be the girl in the wheelchair that runs around the barrels. No, I wanted to be the one that when I pull up, people know I'm there to be a competitor, just like everybody else. And I finally have reached the point that we're to that. That's because you're a champion. Well, you know what? Can you can you go into something real quick? Because I don't think 
obviously, all our listeners are not going to be familiar with with riding. And can you give them an idea of just the the differences that that you know you've had to overcome or train into your horse, right? To ride again, you know things like, in my limited knowledge, like the leg pressure as far as directing them. It's almost like a pilot flying by the seat of the pants. Balance. Um, and yeah, can you give us give them a greater in, uh, appreciation for how awesome of an accomplishment that is? So everyone who rides, pretty much everyone rides with their legs. I mean, your legs and then communication with your horse is going to be the biggest thing. Mm. Um, and that was one of the challenges was that now my legs, I don't have any way to to communicate with my horse through them. So I now do everything through my hands and my voice. Um, where I talk to them, the sounds that I make and where I place my hands and how I ride them is how I communicate with them, which is very, very different than really. I, I would dare say nearly everyone out there that rides. Um, yeah. So, so that's how we, you know, we communicate now and, um, it works. You know, it can be challenging at times and it doesn't work perfectly every time. But even those with their legs work, it doesn't work perfectly every yeah, time. Sure. But it's cool because the horses I know, they definitely know something's different. Like it's without a doubt. They know something is not the same, but they're okay with it. And I've tried a few horses that it didn't work. So it's not like this is 100% every horse I get on, it works. You know, some horses want to be my friend and other ones don't. But the ones I have right now, I have a pretty good squad with my horses at the house that that work with what I can do. Man, that, that is absolutely amazing. I, I know some of the things that the, the viewers, they hear the stories and they hear where you're at right now. And, th- and this is kind of one of the things we like to do. We break it down. In your head, there's there's tips, right? There's something when you wake up in the morning, I get this done, I get this done to make sure that this gets done. Just those those little things that whisper in the back of your head and, and uh, move you along through the day. If you got any of those, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, just like critical points of advice that you know you you might want to pass on to uh, our listeners. Um, you know, there's a, I guess there's a few things that I um, well, so I speak a lot. I'm a motivational speaker, so I get to mm-hmm. speak a lot and share my story everywhere across the country and internationally. And so I get to do it a lot. Where I meet people that we all have challenges. You know, I've learned that somebody's challenge isn't going to maybe look like mine. Um, and that's okay because we're all going to have our thing, you know, our, our life changing thing. And that happens, but you can't Hmm. compare yours. You can't compare yours to somebody else's and say, gosh, well, they handled this just fine. You know, what's wrong with me? You know, we're all going to have our own challenges and our own way of facing them. And I've had to remind myself that, that, you know, just because someone else has a challenge and it doesn't look like mine, it doesn't mean that I'm and I'm having a rough day doesn't make me any more weak or any less because I get to have a rough moment for a minute. So hmm. one of my, I guess one of my things I, I like to tell people is that it's okay to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to have a moment that's not yours. You got to take, um, take ownership but make, of it. But make the next one good. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you've got to learn from the down moments and it's okay to be upset for a minute because as long as you can have more ups than downs, then you're on the right road. Hmm. Sure, that's how you know you're having the ups. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a level of degree there, right? I mean, how do you know you're having a good day if you ain't had a bad one? And everybody, especially with athletes and people who really put a lot of effort into doing one thing really, really good, there'll be that day you walk out there and and you get the shakes or the shanks or whatever it is. And usually what that spawns from is something else is bothering you. And then you you go out and you go out there to get your mind off of whatever it is that's bothering you to do what you love, and it's affected by it. And then you're like, oh, I'm horrible. 
that's not the case. That's why when you go to bed, you wake mm-hmm. up the next morning, you're you're back on on track, right? So yep, yep. So that's definitely, and I'm a huge goal setter too. I guess I would tell people I feel like goals are how we make the world go round. And so it doesn't it doesn't even have to be big things like little things, you know. Like I had to have little goals of being able to move myself from my chair to a bed or. You know, one day I'd go out and I'd say, okay, I'm going to take my chair together or take my chair apart and put it in my car in less than a minute. And that might have taken me a couple times to do that. But man, when I did it, I would allow myself to celebrate and really be happy in that moment with that goal. And I think we've got to do that more too. Yeah. Small victories you know, get you through the day. Appreciate the good things. Yeah. So, so actually that, 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 that brings a question to mind. I read that you're starting to regain sensation in your legs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I uh, it actually started it started two days after surgery mm-hmm. is when it started. So I didn't cry, I didn't freak out, I didn't even as I was sitting on the side of the highway, um, I didn't get knocked out during my wreck. So as I'm sitting there at looking all? at my truck, looking at, at you didn't get knocked out no. at all. Completely uh-uh. lucid, unbelievable. Yeah, so to feel yourself leaving your truck, hitting a fence post, landing in the snow, I mean all of that. Um, Thank God you're laying it in the that snow. Was a lot. Yeah, Kept swelling well, down. I, I think that that is what helped yeah. with some of it. Um, so as I'm sitting there on the side of the road, right, I didn't panic, didn't cry, didn't anything. Um, had conversations with my paramedics, with the with the cop, with anyone I met, and uh, it wasn't until two days after surgery that I actually broke down. And a paramedic walked in my room and he said, "Amberly, if you'd had your seatbelt on, you'd have your legs." Yeah, what a and dick. that really Sorry. hurt me. <laughs> what do they What's teach them in medical name? school? What, what what is that? I, mean, uh, bed, I know bedside manner, but paramedic. Bedside manner. So I was devastated. He left the room. I turned to my mom and I started crying. And I said, my one mistake has cost me my legs. And, you know, she's sitting there and she's telling me, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, mom, I was mad. I said, how can you look at your daughter in the eyes and tell hey, her that? Let me tell you something about that old boy. There is no way in hell he knows for certain that your seatbelt would have saved your legs. It, it just frustrated me because I was so positive up. You know what I mean? I was like, it's okay. You know, I was better off out of my truck than anyway, frustrated. I was telling, I was kind of getting yeah, at my mom yeah. because she was trying to tell me it was going to be okay. And she reached over, put her hand on my leg and I felt it. There you go. And so they moved me from an um, complete injury to incomplete and said, you know, whatever you get back, you get back. So in the past seven years I've regained, I can feel to a little bit below my knees. Um, I can move a couple muscles and I plan to walk. Yeah. Well, so nerves regenerate around one millimeter a day, three centimeters a year. And we're six years out of the injury right now. Seven. Seven with a T12 injury. How often, how often our do you rehab? Our oh, technology yeah. oh. is growing so oh, much. Hey. It's, yes. It'll happen. Absolutely. And if you ha- and I know you have it upstairs just by talking to you right now. Yeah, that's the, with, that's the missing link. That's what combined people- with the, the science and technology we have today for your injuries. Yeah, you'll be walking again. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. And really, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Morgan is finishing his uh, doctorate right now as uh, in neuroscience. So he's not just. I'm not uh, just, he just didn't sleep at a uh, Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> yeah, Holiday Express. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. How often? Uh, yeah. You, yes. Well, then why don't you? Why don't you figure it out? I'm working I'll on it. I'll let you put anything on you He's want working. in my back, hey, and, hey, and I will hey. do that. I'm he is it. working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. I promise. 
And if no anything, pressure, but I'm just waiting. I know. Hey, anything comes across. <laughs> yeah. Well, hurry the hell up. Anything comes across my desk. Um, <laughs> snap, snap, freeze frame that photo right there, yeah, and we'll right. blow it up into a poster Perfect. every time it goes to work. It's like I'm, I know. I'll I know email. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. I'll start, I'll start emailing waiting. you things that I've seen come across my desk for neural regeneration. They have some. Hey, I want. I right now I'm saving for stem cell. Do you think that that's my best next step, or should I, I wait longer? I do stem cells. There you go. I, I'm gonna. There's a program that my brother developed that we're all on that, and I've been doing my stem cells, and I feel like a million bucks. I mean, I run around here with no pain. My my injuries just so this uh, is what I say. This so is what I say to people when they when they ask about treatment protocols that are in place in some other portions of the of the country or the, or the world, if you will. If there's no if if there's no absolute negative takeaway from the effort, then why not? Because right. What you may experience if you do stem cells is something greater than someone else could give you. So, absolutely, give it a shot. Because there's, hey. an, there's enough research out there that, said, that shows, hey, it is a valid effort. I mean, there's research out there on both sides of the fence, depending on who you're talking to. But there's, there's absolutely no negative takeaway from it. I'm say. on it. I, this, is, this, this is somebody else's comment. It's mine. I feel great. I mean, I, the proof's in the pudding kind of deal. So... And do you feel like that was what helped you really feel better? I there's a there's or is it a lot of things? A, it's not a lot. a lot. No, it's not. Yeah, no, no. It's a combination. There's a, it's yeah, a combination, combination of multiple things that that uh, can push you a long way because I'm sure that you've been through different things that it were absolutely failures. And is it a is it your fault that it, that that particular protocol was a failure? No, it's just that your body mind, body, and soul, and spirit didn't accept that particular protocol. So that's fine. It right. could have, it could help somebody else tremendously and, and, and cure them, if you will, or, or got them yeah. to a better place. And just because it didn't work for you doesn't mean that you're an outlier. It just means we need to find a different look angle. And that's right. what I preach that and preach it, preach it, preach it. So yeah, humans are so unique. Stem cells is something you have your eye on, by all means. I mean, it's your own in my opinion. cells. It's not, it's not some, another embryo. It's your own fat cells. They harvest, pull out, spin it, and put it back in you. Yeah, I want to do that, and I want to do the electrical implants. I feel like those. Well, I are actually have. Awesome. I actually have those in me. He has. I had a T twelve injury as well. You do? Yeah, yeah, we we both have spinal injuries, bad ones. I mean, I have. I'm caged in the front and back. So I had. You are. Yeah, yeah. I had a T twelve injury and a helicopter crash, and I have quad equinus syndrome. Uh, mine isn't obviously as far along as yours because you're debilitated now. Mine, I will be when I get older. But, Wait, so what was your level what was your level of injury? So I fractured six vertebrae in my back and I damaged the T twelve area of my spinal cord. Yeah. Okay. Did you have a full sever? No. No, it oh. just I, yours is just bruised. Bruised, right? Get, so the, the the what happens in the spine mine, mine was just stretched. Yes. So, so everybody that's listening that knows the uh, vertebral bodies that surround your spinal cord are the, are the only bones in the body that won't regenerate. But your spinal cord, if damaged, when we say damaged, like Amberlease was stretched, mine was bruised. The reason the vertebral bodies surround the spinal cord is because it's so delicate and it controls so many things. So Amberlease was stretched. That's caused her injuries or her the loss of the movement of her legs. With that, it will slowly regenerate. So as, depending as, on the severity of the injury is how long lasting an injury will be. Huh. Now, time yeah. with the, the creeping of your legs coming back to, to you, the feeling is proportional to the spinal. I, is that up in the air? I don't want to say. Yeah, I shouldn't say it like that. But, I, I, but what, what, what is happening 
is since her spinal cord wasn't severed, neuroplastic regeneration is happening. Okay. So right. I have the stimulator that's controlling all my sacral nerves because in my injury, I lost all control from my waist down. And yeah. I was paralyzed for only a matter of days, if you will. Um, unfortunately, you, you got the, Same, the I bad was paralyzed part for a day or so. Yeah. Yours, I- yours was the. Because the T12, for everyone that doesn't know, that's the bending area of the back. It's like almost right between mm-hmm. your shoulder blades. And when she hit that fence post, I'd be willing to say, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that caused a bend however she hit it. It caused the vertebral bodies to slam into the spinal cord, which then caused a stretch, which turned the light switch off, more or less. So right now, yeah. it's like she has a, a dimmer switch on her spinal cord. They just turned it down. It's starting mm. to turn itself back up where the lights are starting to come back on. And... As I said earlier, it's it's I think it's roughly it's a one millimeter a day, roughly three centimeters a year that that neuroplastic yep. change will happen. So as it's starting to creep down her legs with neuroelectrical impulses, possibly stem cell, but and her confidence and her mental abilities, I'm there's no doubt in my mind that you're you're going to have your ability to walk. Yeah, that whole process he laid out, man, that's what we both did to push ourselves back up to where we move the way we do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you're positive. That's, what I, wanna, I, mean, yeah, that's what I wanna do. But everybody, everyone I've ever dealt with, myself included, my brother, and everyone that has an injury, depend and it the 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 mind, how it wraps like you, how driven you are to get better, that is the defining factor. Because someone who mentally shuts down, I hope everybody out there is listening to this, everyone who shuts down mentally will shut their body down physically. So if you keep mm-hmm. it upstairs, if you stay driven and you do not give up the drive and the faith, you will miraculous things will happen. To right. You. I literally said, I would lay down at night, close my eyes and, and tell my brain, all right, let's go down to the injury and send everything in my body to that spot yeah. to heal it. Docs know the, the met, the science, right? They can't tell you yep. something that they can't see. That's not been tested, which is the spiritual part. And we, man, that's the, that's the inner workings in there. That's the inner inside doctor that's checking everything out. And if you, Think in your head that I mean, so there's no certainty in medicine. That's why I call it a practice, medical practice. Yeah, I mean, right. That's it. That's the mind mm. and body thing. Every day we learn something special about ourselves. How the hell you quit like on you. yourself? I mean, for, I mean, literally. Like, just take let's take a hard look at you and what you've accomplished. That never quit attitude. That's you're an inspiration to those who, as brother said, may or may not have an injury. You know, the most inspiring people I, I've ever met in the veteran community that don't have any legs, arms, they're missing everything. They're the happiest people. They're not down on themselves. They're like, hey, why would I do that? I just, it's just, just, it's just, you're alive. Yeah. And then, right. So, so first of all, thank you for that. And absolutely. You're going to be up running, girl. That's a plan. I know it. I know it. Yeah. I'll tell you what. So, as we, uh, we really appreciate your time. We don't want to take too much of it, but we want to, uh, we want to ask you before we go, you know, what's next for you? Where can can people follow you? Besides the fact that you got a bachelor's degree and you're working on your master's, stalk you. Awesome. Yeah. If you could just (laughs) try and let everybody hear about that. Um, so my goals, um, with school, you know, to finish my master's, hopefully in December. Um, it's in school mm-hmm. counseling. My undergraduate was in agriculture education, so to be a high school teacher. And my master's is in school counseling, so hopefully to finish that by the end of the year. And then um, speaking, you know, I, I love speaking, and that was something mm-hmm. that I've been very blessed with, I, I think, because of how this chair rolled out, that that was where I got to start speaking. And I want to be able to speak in all 50 states. 
Um, hmm. I'm getting closer. I'm probably at about like 38 right now, I think. So I'm getting close. Um, yeah. So continue to do that. And then on the rodeo side of life, I want to be the Wilderness Circuit rookie this year. So this is the my first year with my pro card. So this is the only year you get to try to be rookie. So yep. I'm going to work on that and then eventually mm-hmm. make the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, of course, is like the dream goal at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. But awesome. working, working towards that. We'll see you there. So can people follow you? Uh, is it for your public yes. speaking? Where, where? Um, my Twitter handle is Snyder Amberly. I don't know where the other Amberly Snyder is in the world that stole my name, but <laughs> they had that one first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you can find me there, and then just on uh, on Instagram and on Facebook, it's just Amberly Snyder. So, um, and on my Facebook, I guess one of my favorite things I do is the Wheelchair Wednesdays. I guess people have really loved is that every wednesday i post a video of something i've had to relearn how to do in my chair um or cool things that i'm doing you know cool just um just anyway cool things that i get to do and life man yeah so you know opening closing doors going up and down ramps wheeling and then now i get to share things with my horses too you know getting on and off Mm -hmm. my horses um saddling and unsaddling so those are on my Facebook for the most part, sometimes on my Instagram too, but my Facebook definitely are my wheelchair Wednesdays that people can follow. If you're thinking you're having a bad day, try to saddle a horse Yeah, right. from a chair. Yeah, you have to lift your head you straight saddle up over ho- your head. Yeah, I can't even saddle a horse from standing <laughs> stand next to him. Well, maybe you should go watch uh, our videos. videos. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'll be tuning in on Wednesdays is what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you guys could find my, one of the ones that seriously has taken off and has millions of views is one where I'm pulling myself on my horse. That one has grown way faster than I thought it was going to. I made the video that day and I even watched it and thought, man, I look like such a dork climbing on my horse that day, but it has like over 2 million views. I bet people ate that yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. I bet we'll people ate that, that I up. mean, it's the, the, just the, Yeah. I saw a guy with no arms change a bicycle tire one time, and it just... Unreal what you can figure out when you're in the spot you want to do it. Yeah, right? Absolutely. That's what... Hey, thank you for coming on and doing that. Absolutely. I mean, you, yeah. you you embody what we're trying to do here, so thank you so much for joining us, and... Uh, thank you for that never-quit attitude. Yeah, great luck. Mm-hmm. Don't ever lose it. With everything you do, and we okay. hope to see you at the rodeo. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you guys come to one one time. Oh. Hey, you make it. We'll be there. Okay, that sounds good to me. All right, let us know. Yep, you won't be hard. We won't be hard to spot. (laughs) 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 Everly, take care, sweetie. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Have Have a great day. Great girl, man. Awesome. Awesome. Such an. inspiring young lady and there's just a few people in my life when I that I know personally that when I feel like I'm having a bad day I think about them and I don't have a bad day anymore because I got a couple I got a couple buds with no legs and here here this young lady is could find a wheelchair most of the day when steps she gets up on her horse and does it all by herself doesn't ask somebody to come in there and saddle it up for her or anything like that well this is one of them deals where a lot of people, when they when they get put in that situation in the beginning, it's, like I said, it's all over, right? And they're just so depressed, and they wheel around. They, they all they think they can do is go down the, sta- the the ramp to the mailbox or whatever, and they're just depressed. And I mean, you you got somebody sat on a horse and getting back up on an animal and racing. There's not there's nothing you can't do, really. Well, you, you know what? 
uh, I want to ask the both of you because you've both been through some serious injuries. I've been fortunate to avoid that. You guys could both have ended up down that trail, being that you know the the depressed. I'm never coming back from this, and just go down in that spiral of depression. Neither one of you did. Why teammates? Oh, teammates. Teammates had each other. It's hard to. It's hard, and this is a real thing, man. Even when you were in the thick of it, it's hard to to look to act weak. Like, hey, bro, man, my arm hurts, man. You know what I'm talking about with each other. Mm-hmm. You don't even. So you don't even think about it. Cause you talk about it if you think I didn't about want, it. I didn't want him to go overseas without me. I was not that I contributed anything majorly, but I was like, I cannot let them go over. Yeah. Our last deployment, I only made it three months. The last three and a half, whatever, we, I was just sitting there just typing up mission sets. I was done, dude, but I, I just could not leave. That's the same thing with JB. It's not only, it's not only, um, like, uh, is there a difference between the support you get from someone? Who could relate to your injury? Somebody who, who had gone through the both kind of deal, yeah. And, 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 and just you, your regular, you know, the other well, dudes in the you're platoon. Like a, a negative Nancy was like, "You don't know what I'm going through." You know, you have some people trying to, to coax you and, and motivate you, like, first "You one. don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what kind of pain I'm in." Well, no, I don't. But you can lay there and be a piece of shit, or you can get your ass up off the deck and go forward and do great things. It helps to have somebody who's is like, "Look, man, I've been in your shoes." Sure. I've well, been there, done that. Yeah, you find a lot of times that when they're, when they're getting treated and like, hey, it's okay, you know. It's instead of telling them like, hey, man, you be out of here quick, suck it up. That's a great thing about being huh. in teams is nobody feels sorry for you. Everybody well, gets hurt. I mean, it's when you make it through Hell Week. <laughs> make it through Hell Week. Get that brown shirt. You're sitting there and like, oh, I'm somebody. And then the instructor comes bebopping up. He's like, get your ass up, man. Oh, you thought we don't even was wear brown shirts. Way. Oh yeah, well, you thought we just get was warmed up. Your way. Is that what you felt? <laughs> she hit the nail on the head when she was like, hey. I take ownership of everything I got. I think the evident thing is you can see it in in people in their attitude. It's it's an attitude. Oh, seeing her on that screen, she's smiling, happy, go lucky. I mean, absolutely. If we had known that she was injured in a wheelchair, I wouldn't know that because no, she's glowing. Not at all. I stay away with Fleming. I mean, we'll be out sometimes, man. How bad my knees are, but God, my knee hurts, man. I look over and he's staring. <laughs> take, take Lieutenant it. Dad, you ain't got no leg. Take his leg off and hit me with it. Take I'm his like, leg off with that knee and hit you with it. Yeah. Damn it. I'm sorry. You're right. It's not hurting. Uh, so, The part of her story and what she was talking about that I thought was so interesting was the first time she got back on the horse. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a traumatic yeah. event yep. because it didn't solve all of her problems. She had her hopes and dreams, if you will, pinned mm-hmm. on that. Then we go you know, down the road further and eventually... She had to fix herself. She, it became, at least from my perspective, what I saw was that she had to adjust to the to her new, new you know, her new body, her new norm, yep. and how she was instead of relying on that horse and riding to do it for her. Right? It was important that she f- solved that on her own, so that that, and it was it was after that that she returned to riding. That's when it clicked. That, that's when that worked for her again, right? Most people, I think that's kind of a, a stopping point with some people. They don't want to realize that they need to, they're going to have a new norm, a new normal. Hmm. They, they live on the, what it was before. And they're constantly trying to get back to that. And if they never achieve that, it's a, de- it's depressing. Huh. Yeah, so if you can if you, the sooner you can come to the realization, okay, this is what I got. This is where I'm at. And anything above that is great. But my new norm is I got to figure out how to work this issue from a wheelchair. I'm not going to mm-hmm. be able to saddle my horse the way I used to. I'm not going to be able to climb on a horse the way I can't drive my truck that way. Um, 
accept that and drive on. Yeah. And then right. anything that way, anything ahead or anything moving forward is a victory. Yeah, well, just instead, of, instead of a failure because you're not yeah, back where you used to awesome. be. That's awesome. And that's why it's so awesome important to be look motivated in the mind. I mean, it all mm-hmm. boils down that. Take your legs, take your arms. You can still do anything. Like with her, I, I have, I, I truly believe, you know, this is Morgan saying this, and it's like, I truly believe that eventually one day she's going to stand up out of that chair. Whether or not modern science is going to assist her in doing that or she's going to do it on her own. Oh, yeah. Well, she, she, said, she said that. I mean, uh, what's the quote? Everything happens for a reason. This is a quote from pulled from, I'm sorry, I don't remember where. Everything happens for a reason, and there's a reason this happened to me. She says, I have zero doubt I will walk again. Five years in a wheelchair just blows my mind, but it's not forever. It's okay. The opportunities have outweighed the bad things. So there you go. Well, right. She'll get back out of that chair. But when these, this time she didn't have her legs, her mind got stronger. Excellent. I mean, even if we couldn't walk again, you. My brother and I, we're the one that I was like, you want to put some type painting in me? Sure, do that. Can you put some over my knuckles? Can I have these claws? Anything you want. <laughs> you got some adamantium <laughs> back there somewhere. What are we talking about here? I need I'd some like adamantium. To, if yeah, you're right. going to put me in a chair, I want one of them badass chairs where I'm yeah, just going to yeah. wow. Make it with some rockets right. on it, man, where I can go in there and battle in front of everybody. Put some armor on there, maybe a turret. Rocket assist. Rocket assist wheelchair. Right on. All right. Uh, well, yeah, that's a good way to close that out, man. I... Uh, Hey, brother, thanks again for coming in here and being a part of this. That was a great show. I, I really did love hearing you go off. I've been waiting to hear you to go off and let, let that mind just start yeah. spinning. And she was you could enamored, tell. glued to that TV. She was hanging on every, uh, every word you said. That was, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe the entire reason that you've been helping us out with these shows was, was that right deliver there? that information to yeah. her. Who knows? But She's going to change the world, brother. That was, that, was, that was awesome. Thank you. Man, so Thank you. Thanks for that. Thanks, Emily, for coming on here, and thanks for everybody for keep coming back and listening to these stories, man. This is an amazing one, and uh, thanks for the opportunity, Mr. Guest Speaker. You got a final word? Oh, I, actually, I just want to thank that young lady that we just interviewed, and um, I know she she gets up every morning motivated to do things. Fired me up. I think I'm going to go run 100k tomorrow morning, which I'm actually going to do. And she and it, tomorrow at about mile 40, <laughs> when I'm feeling down and sorry for myself, but yeah, I'm right. still up on my legs. I'm going to think of her and be like. Psh! Uh, what would she give to be in my position right now? Everything. Awesome. Thank you. God bless. Out of here. I'm out.